do you know the difference between the presence of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit? How come so many ministers and individuals have operated in the power of God, but you've also just seen a lack of integrity in in their lives? Do you want longevity in your ministry? Today, we're going to be talking about these things and so much more. So make sure to subscribe, make sure to like, comment, and hit the bell icon. Be back in a second. Hello, Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I am very excited about the guest that I have on the show today. We're going to be talking about a very important subject and not just a very important subject. This is the core and the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How can we have longevity? How can we bear fruit that remains? How can we walk in the power of God, walk in the gifts of the spirit, but also be daily filled with his presence Today, we're going to be talking about that. And so my guest, his name is Chris Garcia, um, and he is a revivalist. He has a heart for the local church. He serves on the pastoral staff of Victory Church in Arkansas, and he also has a ministry called Father's Glory. I'm going to bring him on. He'll tell you a little bit more about himself. But Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me on. And it's been a pleasure and it's a joy being with you today. Come on, man. Well, we we got connected through some mutual friends, through Eric Gilmore, who carries such a yeah. heart for intimacy with Jesus. And and um, I just recently saw a YouTube video that you did with David Diga Hernandez and Eric Gilmore, and that was powerful. Yeah. And so um, anyways, man, I've been following your ministry. I love your heart. I love what you're doing. Can you tell us, give us the you know uh, a 30 second snippet of who you are, bro, and what you're doing? Yeah, I'm well, my name's Chris Garcia. I'm just a, a servant and a, a lover of Jesus. <laughs> and uh, my min, our ministry is called the Father's Glory International. It's all about uh, displaying and proclaiming Jesus Christ mm. and the manifest presence of the Lord. And we lift him up and we lift him high and uh, we just focus on intimate uh, communion with the Holy Spirit, mm. prayer fellowship, meditation on the word of God, spiritual growth. And uh, that's what we do. Um, also, I'm the senior pastor at Victory Church over in Fort Smith, Arkansas. I've been the I've been the senior pastor for about six months already, but I've been there for oh. about three years. And yeah, my heart is for revival. My heart uh, burns for the manifestation of the very glory of God in our midst. And when we lift him high, his glory comes down. <laughs> Come on, bro. And I would highly <laughs> recommend, I'm going to put here in the description section, uh, your YouTube channel, because you do, you share the word of God, you're worshiping, you have soaking instrumentals, you have times of prayer and worship. And so towards the end, um, I would love for you to share a little bit more about that, but I'm going to put sure. that in the description section because it's weighty. His presence is always so powerful. And like you said, you're giving him glory, man. Man, we're just worshiping him and abiding in his presence. And so today I wanted to talk to you about the difference between abiding in the presence and the anointing of the spirit, the difference between operating in the gifts of the spirit and having the fruit of the spirit in your life. What is the high call of God? What is yeah. that? And I want to, I want to start off by reading a scripture here in Philippians chapter three, which is one of my favorite scriptures. And it talks about really you know, the purpose of our lives as believers. And this is the Apostle Paul, 
And this is Philippians chapter 3, and it starts at verse 7. So I'm going to read a chunk of scriptures, and then we'll dive right in. And so uh, the Apostle Paul says this in verse 7, Whatever were gains to me, I now consider lost for the sake of Jesus Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that stems from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ and the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. And I'm going to read a few more verses. He goes on in verse 12 and he says, not that I have already obtained all of this or I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for that which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. This Even must as- be the heart, bro, of every disciple of Jesus. All these things, our resume, all the things that we've accomplished, all of these things are nothing but we but we we literally lay everything down to know him and this is the heavenward call this is the upward call the high call in Christ Jesus yes even as even as you were reading that um my favorite version of the scripture uh is the amplified classic mm. and i i love reading and comparing scripture uh with different versions and in philippians 3:10 it says for my determined purpose is that i may know him that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And that may, I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers that I may so share and the sufferings to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, mm. even to his death. Some powerful reality. And I love it because really what, what it reminds me of what Jesus said in John 17, I think verse three, where it says, and this is eternal life that they may know you, oh God. And really to, mm. to know him is everything. Yes. And uh, that was the cry of, of the apostle Paul's heart. And that should be the cry of believers today. Many people um, when they hear this this term like knowing the Lord or the knowledge of God, the first thing we often think of, Michael, is we think of just intellectual philosophy or reasoning or logic as if uh, this was some sort of Christian virtue. There's yeah. nothing wrong with logic and there's nothing wrong with reasoning. Obviously, the Lord gave us a mind <laughs> to comprehend things. However, this word knowledge is the Greek word epigonosis, and it means to perceive it is the awareness, it's the intuition and the recognition of God's presence. Mm. And the way to come to know him is to simply be with him, to mm. fellowship in prayer, to fellowship in worship, to rightly see his glory. Mm. My favorite scripture of all time 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into that image that we're beholding for this comes by the spirit of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And really what that is, is exactly what, what Paul is saying. He's saying it, it is, it is the knowing of the Lord. What is that glass? What is that, that mirror? It is the word you, you, you take this, the written word, you meditate upon that written word. So that it becomes the spoken word so that you may behold the living word. And when you behold the living word, that is to know him. That is to fellowship with him. And, and that is really to have that communion. My favorite word in English is the word communion. Mm-hmm. And, and that word communion, uh, the Webster's definition is the exchanging of hearts and minds and lives in an emotional, a spiritual and mental level. And really, that's what happens when we commune with Christ, we partake of his divine nature. The next thing you know, Michael, you start thinking his thoughts. Yeah. You start feeling the feelings of his heart and you enter into communion, a communion, commune. It is to, you know, to fellowship. But the end goal is the end goal, excuse me, is union. Yeah. It is oneness. Absolute oneness to know him is everything. Come on, man. That is beautiful. I've never heard it actually described like that communion. That is powerful, man. That is so powerful. And I was actually going to quote John 17, three. So I love that you went there. Jesus said, this is the purpose of life. This is eternal life. It's not, Hey, heaven, that's incredible. Afterlife, incredible, but we can have heaven on earth now. And that is the presence of God in us, with us, and that communing life with the Lord. He said, this is eternal life that you would know him. And I love that you read the Amplified talking about progressively and more intimately becoming acquainted and knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. That is so beautiful. One thing I always say is our primary purpose in life is to know him. Many are seeking, what am I called to do? What is God's will for my life? The will of God is to know him. That's right. And, and that is our primary purpose. Um, And then from that, our secondary purpose flows from that place, you know, springs up from that place. We begin to understand, you know, passions begin to arise in us to preach the gospel, to share the gospel. Certain people groups are on our hearts, you know, to, 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 to share the gospel with the lost. And so, but all of that stems from that place of communion, you know, going to Bible school, newly saved, going to Bible school. We always heard about the high call and I, it was, it usually was referenced to preaching to the masses or the multitudes, laying your life down to be a missionary, you know, miracles, signs and wonders, you know, operating in the anointing and the power of God. And all of that is amazing. You know, you would read God's, I would read God's generals. I read four or five God's generals books and I'm like seeing Smith Wigglesworth and Catherine Coleman and John G. Lake, man, laying their lives down for the gospel, believing God in such a big way, operating in the power of God. It's like, this is the high call of God. Like imagine living these things out, living the very life of Jesus. But then you see the apostle Paul in chapter three of Philippians saying, this is the high call. If I never do a miracle, like if, if none of these things take place, it is literally to know him. This is what it is all about. And I feel like a lot of ministers, you know, we, we focus on our secondary purpose and we put to the side our primary purpose. And that's where we get into a lot of issues. I feel like I'd love to hear your feedback on that. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, even as, even as you're talking, it reminds me. I always ask why, you know, like the highest calling is to minister to the Lord directly. Mm. That's, that is the highest call. But I often would ask why, 
Why is it you would think it would be preaching and you would think it would be miracles and you would think it would be the gifts of the spirit at display. And I believe in all of that. And I think that we need to increase in that. Yeah. However, um, what is the highest call? Why? Uh, it, and, and this is what I keep coming back to. We are what scripture refers us as, as a kingdom of priests <laughs> in uh, the, the book of revelation. It says that he says that he is the alpha and the omega and that he has made for himself a kingdom of priests. That's Peter right. echoes this mm -hmm. and he says, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Well, in order for us to understand why this is so important, it goes back from the very beginning. And when God established the priesthood, what was a priesthood? Well, the first time we see a mention of this, I believe it's in Exodus where it talks about the five sons of Aaron and, and the Lord says they are to minister to me. Yeah. And that is what they do. They minister to me and then they minister to the people. And mm -hmm. even though we're not under a Levitical priesthood, we're under the, the, the priesthood of the great high priest who is Jesus. That's right. Nonetheless, our identity is a priestly identity mm -hmm. because Jesus himself is the high priest. We are made in his image and likeness, and we too are called to minister to the Lord directly. Mm -hmm. And so I think what happens is um, when we lose focus of that, uh, that's where we get into trouble. And so I think that if we focus on the primary uh, function, which is to minister to him, to become a priest first, everything else uh, uh, takes place. It reminds me of this. This analogy is the way that I kind of see it. Uh, when I was 17, I wanted to join the army. Obviously the Lord had other plans for me, but uh, one of the things that struck me was that uh, whatever occupation that you had in the military, whether it was a chaplain, whether it was a cook, whether it was, you know, a, a tech person, mm -hmm. you were first and foremost called primarily to be a soldier. Yeah. And secondly, it was your occupation. Yeah. And in the same way, the body of Christ is the same way. We are called as sons, as priests unto the Lord to minister to him directly for him and unto him. And secondly, it is the, the, the activity or function that Christ calls us to. Mm -hmm. And if we get those uh, mixed up, we get into trouble. So that's kind of like how I see it. Oh, yeah. And we could be very much influenced by even just, just church culture, people's ideas of what we should be doing if we're not. Because if, if you think about it, if you're spending time with your father in secret and you're communing with him and you're learning that you're beloved, you're learning that you're the apple of his eye, you're in the scriptures, you're chosen. You didn't cho choose him. He chose you. And you're learning the presence of God. You're learning the rhythms of his heart. In that mm -hmm. place, the Lord begins to unpack to us who we are from his perspective. And he's our creator. He's the one that fashioned us. He's the one that planned all of our days before they ever take place in our lives. He knows who Michael Lombardo is, who Chris Garcia is. And, and we are first sons and daughters of him and we get into his presence and he loves on us. And then from there, he begins to reveal to us a bit of what makes our heart beat and a bit of what he deposited in us from before the foundation of the world. And if we don't, if we're not hearing that from him, we'll be easily moved by maybe whatever feelings we have from day to day, what is very popular or going on in the church nowadays, other people's opinions of what we should doing, the pressures from without, the opinions from the outside. 
And, you know, it's, I just feel like, man, we need to get with our father because he does. He wants to reveal to us there is a mission on our lives. There is a mission. But where do we receive the fuel, the, the power that we need, the strength that we need? The, you know, we receive it in that place of intimacy with God. Yeah. And so, yes. man, it's just, this is so important, man. Yeah, it, 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 it reminds me of the ministry of Jesus, right? The scripture says he's the firstborn among many brethren. Yeah. Uh, the the Greek word there, firstborn, it, it, it comes from the word that where we get prototype from, mm. uh, meaning that he's the first of many. You know, he is the mm. one and only unique son of God. Mm. But we are we are we are now uh, as we are called by him. Now we are uh, sons and daughters of the Lord through that one and only unique son. And what what we see in the ministry of Jesus for those three and a half years, yes, he casted devils. Yes, he healed the sick. Uh, yes, he raised the dead. Miracles happened. Thousands, if not millions, followed him for the for that for that moment in, uh, of time in his earthly ministry. Mm -hmm. But what I often see uh, is the pattern of the disciples. They didn't say, "Teach us how to cast out demons." Yeah. They didn't say, "Teach us how to perform miracles." Mm -hmm. They asked them, "Teach us." how to pray. In other words, they saw the relationship between the anointing on, on, on his life and his, his intimate uh, prayer life. There was something about Jesus's prayer life that made them go. There's something that's happening. There is something that is taking place. There's a relationship between what he's doing and where he, whom he is fellowshipping with. That's right. And and that's the crux of the matter. That is the issue of the issue. Mm. So that's, that's what I see. Yeah, man. And I was just, I've been reading Luke chapter, I believe it's chapter four through six. And it says that Jesus got alone with his father all night and he prayed and he spent time with his father at night and he was awake all night, communing and fellowshipping with his father. And then he left that place, um, you know, his alone time with the father and he came out and he met with his disciples. And that's when he chose his 12 disciples. And then after he chose his 12 disciples, it says that there was a crowd waiting for him. And that crowd was pulling on him, touching him. They were being healed. The, the power of God was naturally flowing out of him. So you see this ryth rhythm of solitude with his father. He was alone with his father, spending time in solitude with his father. And from that place, he chose his 12 disciples. I, I believe that the father gave him a blueprint. When he was alone right. with him, the father showed him who his 12 disciples were meant to be. How many times do we not pray about something, make choices and realize that wasn't God's best, or maybe we made the wrong choice. And if we would have spent a little bit of time with our father, then we would have had some wisdom, understanding, uh, discernment, sensitivity. And then from that, he chose his 12 disciples. And now the ministry is starting to come in. Now people are touching him and anointing and power is flowing from him. But he got filled up in the secret place with his father, got wisdom and insight on, de on decisions to make in his daily life. And then the anointing of the spirit flowed out of him to those who are in need, wanting to touch him, casting out demons, healing the sick. And so Jesus is our great example. Obviously, he lives in us and he wants to live his life through us. But the apostle Peter even said that he's our great example. And we could look at the scriptures and seeing Jesus continually 
getting away with his father. But I feel like the reason why we get into a little bit of a mess is because we do have a tangible anointing, like the spirit of God lives in us as believers. And there may be a very evident anointing to preach. Maybe we are operating in the prophetic. We're getting dreams and visions, or maybe we have an anointing to evangelize and we're sharing the gospel. And then man begins to recognize the gifts that are on our life. And then there's opportunities and open doors. But because of the busyness of everyday life, because of responsibilities, because of all the ministry, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so because of all these opportunities, now we get fixated on the anointing and we get distracted from his presence. And that is just, that's just what I, what I see regularly. And honestly, man, it starts from a good place. We want to be used by God. That's amazing. But, um, I, I think a lot of people don't truly understand that all fruitfulness, like John 15 is meant to spring up from intimacy with God. Right. It's, it's funny. It's funny you say that because yesterday I was just teaching, uh, a Bible study on the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the facets of the Holy spirit is the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. And, uh, what's interesting is I, I never, it never dawned on me when I saw this relationship, but Paul uses the term fruit to convey, uh, the effects of the presence of God within love, joy, peace, goodness, yeah. gentleness, meekness, kindness, self-control. Right. Um, but Think about this fruit only comes from something that lives. Yeah. Uh, in other words, if you have a living vital branch, it's going to produce fruit. Mm-hmm. If you have a tree that is dead, it will no longer produce fruit. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, what produces fruitfulness is being attached to the living vine. Mm-hmm. It's having a living, uh, vibrant, uh, relationship with the Lord and that will safeguard you yeah. um, against uh, the, the sometimes the opportunities and the doors that open, if you're not careful, uh, like you're saying, will lead you to uh, the, the, the distractions mm-hmm. and the pride to think that it's you. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, I too have seen that many times and, and we start off good, but what I have noticed is that sometimes are are in our seeking of God. He loves us so much and he graciously bestows on us gifts. And once we get the gifts, we kind of desert them. Sure. And, and as Eric Gilmore, uh, dear friend would say this, that we often cheat on God with the stuff that he gave us. Yeah. And that's what happens. You know, like God starts using you, you start getting popular, uh, your influence starts growing. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm it's it's part of promotion but even in blessing and even in promotion is where you, the the minister must guard his heart mm-hmm. even more mm-hmm. uh because it's often not in the trial and tribulation where we desert the lord it's often in times of success yeah and so we've got to keep our eyes on the lord we've got to maintain humility and we've got to just uh you know be very aware of our wounds mm-hmm. so that he can sustain us. Come on, man. Come yeah. On. And is that why you feel like there's many ministers and I'm not, we're not naming names here. All of us For have sure. the tendency. We all know. All of us have the tendency to be in yeah. weakness. And even in our weakness, his mm-hmm. strength is made perfect as we recognize our absolute need. Um, but the beautiful thing about abiding is that you begin to recognize things in you that need to be pruned because pruning goes along with abiding. So more fruitfulness will come. But I often think that people have bad experiences with pastors, prophetic people, leaders, 
um, you know, because we let some things get to our head, we let the position get to our head, we let the anointing get to our head, but we aren't guarding the secret place. What do you think about that? Absolutely. I think the biggest way to safeguard against any, uh, what you, you would call maybe corruption mm-hmm. or maybe a stain mm-hmm. in your soul mm-hmm. um, is to continually abide in the secret place. Yeah. And not only that, but be vulnerable to the Lord to expose your wounds. Mm-hmm. You know? And what happens is um, we get successful and, and, and I can use me. Mm-hmm. I can use my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, God has given me by his grace uh, a measure of success in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It comes from him. Mm-hmm. But there there are seasons in which I have to go away yeah. and be like, Lord, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this thing mm-hmm. of self-righteousness here. Help me let go of this. Yeah. Lord, I see pride trying to creep up. Mm-hmm. Would you help me? Yeah. You know, and it reminds me of this. I, again, I, I go back to my friend, Eric Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he used to say something that I didn't understand. He would say, the closer you get to the Lord, the more you realize that you're in need of him. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and at first I was like, well, that doesn't make sense, but I can tell you that that is a hundred percent true. The closer you get to the light, the more you see your own blemishes. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't come from a place of condemnation. Mm-hmm. It yeah. comes from a place of examination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, is we've got to be willing to allow the light to show us motives, thoughts, hearts, even in the process of sanctification, Michael, what happens is we get saved. The, the, the Holy spirit begins to work on our behalf within us. And sometimes we'll get instantly delivered of one thing. And then sometimes there's a progression of deliverance in our own lives and our own thoughts on certain things. But the closer you get to the Lord, what begins to begin to happen is that now he's not dealing with the outward sins that you once struggled with. Now he's dealing with motives. Yeah. He's dealing with intentions. Yeah. He's dealing with feelings of your heart that no one else sees. And that, and that's why it's so important, Michael, that we stay in the secret place because the more you stay in the secret place, the more God exposes the secret things in your heart Mm -hmm. and the more that you're able to be safeguarded. So I know I'm kind of saying a lot, but no, it's good, man. This is essential. What what I would say is if you're in ministry and, and the Lord has given you success, I would say cleave and cling to Jesus more than ever before Mm -hmm. and continue to offer yourself before the Lord and ask the Holy spirit to continually show you what you need to lay down. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you, if you live like that, you, you will, you will maintain the grace of God because I've seen things where like, you know, there's a measure of success. Then you start thinking it's you and the power of God is still moving, but, but there's no presence or glory Mm -hmm. or sweetness that is radiated from your spirit. Yeah. And, and, and there is a difference Mm -hmm. between the presence and the power of God. Mm -hmm. There is a difference between the anointing upon you and the anointing within you. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second, bro. I think cause, cause we got a few more minutes here, but I want to clearly define that 
Because I think a lot of people are going to have that question. Okay, well, the anointing is the presence of the Holy Spirit flowing through you, manifesting a certain gift, whether it be the miraculous, the prophetic, whether it be the gift of encouragement, whatever it may be, a teaching gift, whatever. But the presence of God, there is there is a strong difference that we really need to understand. And so, help right. me, yeah, share with you a little about that. Yeah, so I would say this, that the the presence of God stills you. Yeah. It says in, 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 uh, in Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd. He leads me beside the still waters. Mm-hmm. Where the presence of God is, there is peace. There is harmony. There is, there is union with him. His presence stills us. His presence gives us peace. But the presence of God um, will often lead to the power of God. Mm-hmm. And the power of God stirs you. The presence stills you. The power stirs you. That's good. The presence stills you for fellowship with him. The power of God stirs you for action for others. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what he does. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God personified. Mm-hmm. And what he does is the power in action. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what I would say. The other thing that I would say is going back to my favorite scripture, second Corinthians three eighteen. Mm. it says we with unveiled face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. That word glory is the word, the Greek word doxa. Mm. And if you go to the logos Bible software, you will find that the definition of that is the hidden manifestation of God. In other words, it is the manifestation of the presence of God that no one else sees but you. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the difference between, again, the difference between the presence of God is this. The Lord is always with us. That's right. He never leaves you mm-hmm. nor forsakes you. That's right. He's ever present with you. But the power of God is the manifestation of his activity that comes upon you for ministry, for function, and for service. And what happens is when God starts to use a vessel in power, it's very exhilarating. It's very powerful. I love it. I mean, we just did a a conference and the power of God came over me and it was like a bomb exploded and it was just powerful. I had to be carried around, (laughs) you know, but we can't, we don't live in the power. We live in the presence of God. And what happens is if you live from power to power, you will have a very unstable prayer life. Mm-hmm. You must live and move and breathe out of the presence of the Lord mm-hmm. in the stillness of God's presence, beholding him, fellowshipping with him, mm-hmm. communion with him, reading the word, meditating upon him, that stillness that he gives his saints, yeah. that bliss that he gives us. Mm-hmm. And so I'll say one more thing about this in song of Solomon. Um, uh, it, it speaks of, uh, the kisses between, uh, the groom and the bride. Mm. And this word kiss is very interesting word, uh, because this word kiss means the fastening of the lips, but it also comes from the word, which means to arm with weaponry. Mm. And so, uh, in a spiritual sense, um, the, 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 the kiss is like his presence, but the power is like the armament of weaponry. Mm-hmm. It's like, he gives you the tools to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. 
And I'll say this, that um, we cannot be caught up in the fixation of power because the power comes and the power goes. Mm -hmm. But the presence is constant. And so if you stay in the presence of God, you will experience the power of the Lord. But you, if you stay in the power of God and all you do is fix yourself on the hands of the Lord, you miss his face. Yeah. And then it opens you up to, to, to the lack of fruit and fellowship because you're just going from power to power instead of glory to glory. Come on, man. That's really good. Yeah. In the presence of God, we experience his personhood. We experience his fatherly love and touch. We experience the bridegroom. We experience the friend that sticks closer than a brother. We experience the comforter. We experience the one who is near us, closer than the air we breathe, that affirms us, exhorts us, and gives us rest, like you said. Amen to everything you said, man, when it comes to talking about the presence of God. You know, but it's that heart-to-heart connect where his personhood is manifest to us in a beautiful way. And we begin to understand who he is and who we are. And there's that sharing of life. Right. And, and then it's like your father just telling you, you're my son. I'm proud of you. I'm with you. I'm never going to leave you. And then your father gives you an embrace. He gives you a hug and he pats you on the back or, you know, messes with your hair. Like, I love you, son. He's like, now let's get to work. Now let's mm-hmm. get to work. Come on, like join your father out here. Gra- grab a shovel. Let's dig a hole in the backyard where it's like you're experiencing the beautiful heart of your father, his affirmation mm-hmm. of who you are, his embrace, you know, his physical affection, his emotional affection. And then, okay, son, from this place of knowing who you are, let's go. Let's get out there. We got to provide for our families. We got to go out there and do what God's called us to do. We got to take care of our yard. We have to do this. We have to do that. And let's do it together. And, um, and that's a beautiful thing, bro. It's a beautiful thing. And I'm grateful for the insight and the revelation that you shared today, man, um, on this podcast. I'm grateful to know you. I love getting around people that have the same heart. It's all about Jesus. People that just love Jesus, serving the Lord, serving his people. It's all about the gospel of Jesus Christ and nothing else. Let us get to know this beautiful person who redeemed us through and through and people that live in that place of first love and who are intentional about remaining in that place of first love in every season. And so I see that in you, man. And when you speak, there is oil, there is a life. It's because you, you spend time in the presence of the Lord. And so as we, as we close this time, man, um, tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel and about how people can connect with that, as well as maybe some things that you're doing on the ministry side. I'm going to put the description. Uh, I'm going to put links down here below in the description section. But I want people to really plug in if they feel led to. Yeah, absolutely. My joy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I started a YouTube channel a few years back. And um, I had some success with it, but but not really a whole lot. There was just something missing, you know. And one day the Lord told me, he was like, you know what the problem is with your YouTube channel? I want you to quit it. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'll quit it. And so I'm in the shower and he's talking to me and he's like, I want you to just let go of it, delete it, everything. I was like, all right, I'm ready. And I had a, I had an Abraham Isaac moment. Yeah. (laughs) And right when I was willing to let it go, he spoke to me and he said, good. Now that you have let it go. Um, I want it back. Yeah. And he says, this is what I want to do. The problem is that you're the center of attention, Mm. not me. Mm. And he says, I want my presence 
to be the mm. center of attention. Come on. And he's like, what I want you to do is I want you to sit on a live stream and say absolutely nothing until I lead you otherwise. And I said, Lord, who's going to watch that? That makes no <laughs> sense. I was like, what? Cause I'm a talker, man. I love to talk, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, what? I was like, what? And he was like, I heard this. He said, I want to use you as an example on how to spend time with me for there are many that don't know how to be with me. Mm. And I was like, okay, Lord. Mm. I mean, I think that's so weird, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> and literally the next day I got on, it was like six in the morning. And uh, what came to me was the term fresh oils, uh, uh, fresh oil, Psalm 9210. Mm. You have exalted my horn like a wild ox and I have been anointed with fresh oil. And I remember um, doing the stream and I started the stream and I said absolutely nothing for like 30 minutes. And in my head, I'm like, I'm like, God, this is so weird. This is so strange, but I'm just here worshiping you. Um, and the next thing you know, uh, it started, people started coming in and they're like, they started doing that with me mm -hmm. and praying. And it turned into this wild growth. And at first it was like 20 people praying with me. And now we're at almost close to 1900 people on a live stream mm -hmm. every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And we call the stream fresh oil and we just spend time with the Lord. That's all we do. We just put some worship on. We spend time with the Lord and then the Lord will highlight a scripture and I'll share it. And then I will teach on whatever he lays on my heart that day. There's no agenda other than being with the Lord. And we've seen so many testimonies. We've seen people delivered uh, uh, from 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 a spirit of a suicide. We've seen words of knowledge, words of wisdom, miracles, healings. Mm -hmm. We've gotten so many testimonies. But the biggest testimony was, is this. I hear it again and again. Wow, this is teaching me how to simply be with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do. We do it every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. The way to find me is by my name on YouTube. Just search for Chris Garcia, um, or you can search for Fresh Oil, and it's it's on there. And then the the our website is fathersglory.org. And we're close to, um, we're at 95,000 subscribers for the glory of God. And uh, we're close to 100K, and we're, we're trying to beat that by the end of the year for Come His on, glory. Man. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. So that's where stuff, to find bro. us. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for your service to King Jesus, bro. I love you, man. I love your heart. I love, you love what you do. And uh, look forward to talking to you again soon, man, and having you on again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me on. I look forward for more. Absolutely. For those who are watching right now, make sure to subscribe, rate, review, like, comment, hit the bell icon if you're on YouTube so that we can get this out to more people so they can be blessed, they can be strengthened, they can be awakened by the beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ. Bless you, and I'll speak to you next time. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. 
I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org lifeportoutintl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com the audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you